Welcome to episode 863 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio Tip, welcome along to episode 863 of I Am Talk of Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I am pretty good, Bevan. You're, um, we, we interviewed someone before and you've, you've got your sunblock on. I have got my sunblock on. I can smell your sunblock. Right. Yeah. It's better than my chlorine. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah no, it wasn't a bad smell. I'm just saying, like, you, you could see you would slip, slop, slap. Good. Are you going for a bright crowd afterwards, are you? I am indeed. Because he, he arrived. We, we were coming home from a gym. John was biking up the hill. He was sweating S- up a storm. S- struggling up the hill. <laughs> Struggle up Bevan's Hill. It's going to be pretty hot this morning. It is. It's going to be great. Okay, I'm talking proudly brought to you by... Our wicked patrons. We've got Tim the Beastly Besant. Uh, Volker the Vascular Viking Voigt. Is it deal? Uh, was it yeah, Deal. Deal. Deal, the Wizard of Triathlon. Um, Tillman. Tillman. Yeah. My last meeting said you need to upgrade. Did we end the meeting? I meant to end this meeting that we just did. End. Um, okay. So this week's show, uh, what do we got happening, John? We've got some news. We've got, we're, we have pre-recorded this episode. So we are doing two things. We've got two interviews coming up. What's happening? We're going to talk to Braden Curry. Uh, multiple Ironman winner. Uh, nearly won Ironman World Champs. 2021, which was actually held last year, was leading and uh, still managed to get a third. Won lots of other races. We're going to talk to him and also David Rowe. Sort of, we're having a bit of a theme over this next little period of Kona versus Nice and trying to get some different perspectives. Um, and that's about it. Okay. So we've got a little bit of short news because we've got a couple races coming up over the next couple of weeks. First of all, our, our hometown race, Ironman New Zealand, is happening coming up this weekend. And John. Uh, the last winner was Braden Curry um, because Ironman New Zealand last year got cancelled from March or postponed until December. So we've had an Ironman in December, but there was no pro race. So today's guest, Braden Curry, was the last winner in and 7.57 and Hannah Wells or Hannah Berry um, was the women's winner in 9.01.49. I guess there's probably two things to say. It's not a strong field this year, is it? It's not a big field. And um, it's not strong. Like Braden... You got some Keenley, but Keenley's a kind of in the last moment of his career. Van Jan Van Burkle, Mike Phillips. It's pretty pretty, re- pretty regular. You know, yes, it may occasionally you might get a little Joe Skipper sneaking in there. Yeah. No, it's a pretty small, compact field. Um, and as you probably heard last week on last week's show, this may be a sign of the times as well, as pros start to maybe prioritise different races, um, PTO races, bigger bigger point races, bigger money races. Um, and yeah, we've got Braden Curry, Sebastian Keenley, Jan Van Burkle, Mike Phillips, and Matt Burton in the top five seeds. Cam Brown's still racing. He is back in the, the game. His calf seems to heal up, but he won't be a contender here. No. Um, and that's pretty much it. So it's basically a New Zealand and Australian field with uh, Jan Van Berkel and Sebastian Keenlay. I think Keenlay's in pretty pretty decent shape. You know, he did only manage a third in Wanaka um, the week before last, but he was sick and he said he was, his watt bike watts were way down. So I think he'll give... Uh, Braden Curry, a good run for his money, and they have been doing a bit of training together, as you'll hear later on. And then the female race, again, very small. We've got eight pro females. Um, strong Kiwis. Where are the strong Kiwis? Uh, yeah, well, you've got Hannah Berry there. Um, Meredith Kessler, I don't know what sort of shape she's in these days. Um, she's won it a couple Al- times, isn't she? Oh, she's in the past. She's had some 
She amazing won it one, performances. Two, three, four. She won it five years in a row. Yeah, no, she's she's a weapon, but you know, um, she is definitely towards the end of her career, and over the last few years has not been producing the same level of performances. So, I think it'll be a really interesting race for our Kiwis because Rebecca Clark had a real breakthrough race last year, um, both in Kona and at some of the PTO races. So she'll be um, up front, out of the swim, and just trying to basically you know, do a lead from the start type of race and, and hang on all day. So uh, she didn't have a very good Wanaka. Uh, Hannah Berry is, is, hasn't quite been the same as what she was a few years ago. No, and she that, was kind of dominant for a while, wasn't mm, she? Um, so, and she's better at sort of 70.3s than Ironman. And Alves Vissa is... She did win it in 2021. She did, yep. yep. So I think it should be quite an interesting race. Yeah, not necessarily big, big names, but... Um, you know, the predictions here, there's only about a seven or eight minute spread based off Torsten's ratings for the top four. So could be in for a good race. So I think whilst not big fields, should be quite good. Mike Phillips was show, showed some pretty good form down in Wanaka, a bit on the run, but um, his biking looked awesome. So uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a good race. We also have Ironman South Africa happening on the 5th of March. And now is this still a regional championship? Uh, yes. Yes, it's got 150,000 prize purse paying 10 deep for male and for female pro slots for Kona. So definitely, it's a 17% of the typical Kona field based on tryrating.com. And this is contrast. So we've definitely got way more pros, particularly in the men's race. Uh, and we've got some rock stars. We have. Uh, last winner was Kyle Buckingham and Daniela Blaymail. Uh, the year before that was Maurice Clavel and Ruth Astle. Now, this race is, is earlier this year. Uh, it's normally well, it's normally later than this, so that's why it's earlier. Um, but I wonder if that the reason for that might be because of the weather. They have had a couple of shockers with the, the weather. They have so to, I don't yeah. know if that's the reason or not. But, uh, yeah, it's never clashed with Ironman New Zealand before, that's for sure. Um, and, yeah, why wouldn't you go and race when the prize money's more and uh, there's more slots for the World Championships? So, on Torsten, if you're listening, you've got uh, pro Kona slots, so it should be pro World Champ slots these yes, days. Yes, that's um, us being picky. Yeah. Okay, so Alistair Brownlee's down. I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, be really Come on, Brownlee. Yeah. You know, he... Um, he has had some awesome Ironman performances and how awesome would it be to see him at the top of his game uh, in I'd love nice. him to qualify now yeah so that because he, he's a bit class nowadays you know yeah. he's, he's definitely at the latter part in the last few years it's definitely frustrating because of body mm. but if he qualifies right now which in theory he should mm. that gives Four him slots a, yeah that gives him a really good runway to actually go how do I manage my body mm. to be peaking in late August and how cool would it be you go into, into Nice and you've got going onto the bike, you'll have Brownlee and Fredine will be together. Yeah. Um, you'll have all the others, the up and comers, probably, you know, in the mix as well. Uh, we just want to see a showdown where everybody's at their best. And that is one thing that I really like about. Um, nice, the weather won't be quite as big an element, so yep. you might not see those massive explosions because of you know not being able to handle the heat. It should be a bit more of an equaliser. So uh, yeah, I'm pretty st- pretty stoked about that. Okay, who else have we got in the men's race? Uh, you got Clement Mignon, Leon Chevalier, and Bradley Weiss along with Cameron Wirfs. He'll be stoking it up on the bike a bit. So yeah, good field. Got 22, about 25 starters. You got Andrea Salzberg, who might be one to watch out for. He's a Swiss uh, athlete, does a bit of short course, and then on the Females side, I would expect Laura Phillip to spank everybody because uh, the form she was in last year was pretty awesome. Although Fenella Langridge will give her a good run for the money, at least in the swim and the bike. So yeah, based on the sets, it looks like a two-horse race. Mm. Um, you, you've got about another 
13 athletes racing, but definitely those two who seem to be the next pedigree, don't they, John? That's right. Yeah. So it should be should be awesome. Okay, we've also got John Shortcoy's update. The World Triathlon Series kicks off in Abu Dhabi. It is. It's a spring, a sprint distance race. It looks like they're back at the Yas Marina, so that's on the bike course. Um, who knows what sort of shape people are going to be at this time of the year. Um, it's different without the Olympics and all that sort of stuff going on that we had last year. We haven't had... Um, other lead-ins, like if we look at it from a New Zealand point of view, Hayden Wild this time last year, he was doing lots of racing, he was in New Zealand, it doesn't look like he's even been back in New Zealand, so um, yeah, maybe athletes learnt a little bit, especially Hayden Wild and Alex G, who faltered last year at the end of the season, yeah. um, whether they just take a, a slightly different He raced a lot price. last year, didn't he? Yeah. Because even did Collins Cup, remember? Yeah, but both of them were yeah. poor at the end, and so maybe they're going to have a slightly more gentle start to the season, maybe not, um, but it's a good field, you're going to have Hayden Wild in there. You have got, uh, I'm pretty sure I saw Alex Yee on the list. You've got Alex Yee. Um, you've got the, all the Frenchies, Lea Bergier, Vincent Louis. So Derek Dorian Connix. It's going to be, be a great Smith. race. Kyle Smith. A fantastic race down in Wanaka um, at a little race we had in New Zealand. Beat our sort of clear number two, Taylor Reid. So he is in the game. Has he gone back to short course? He was he's, doing... going, he's going to short course. He wants to try to make the Olympics. Good chance. Good, very good chance. A good chance. If we get three slots, he's a very good chance. If we get two, is it between him and Tyler? Tyler, Taylor Reed, yeah, Taylor yeah. Reed. Okay. Um, that'll be an interesting call. Um, who, who but he's only done right? one race, so we've got to see what he can yeah, do. But who would you pick? Once. It depends if you're going for a domestique versus a. a we've got it, don't we? Sorry, we've got a dog domestique, don't we? Mm. And so, oh, realistically, Hayden's the only one who's got a medal. Oh yeah. So yeah. you got to, you and put, you've got to be thinking of the mixed relay as well. And I don't know. They're both, you know, Taylor Reed's a better, better swimmer. But Kyle Smith maybe makes that up in the bike and run. But will Kyle be able to keep with the pack on this one? Mm, that's a big question. Oh, big questions, John. I love big uh, questions. Fe- females race, we've got all the usual protagonists there, Cassandra Bolgrand. Um, we've got Georgia Taylor-Brown, Beth Potter. So should be some awesome racing. Looking forward Exciting to the World Triathlon Series. Stuff. I guess we've got a couple of interviews coming up. We might put them on back to back. So who have we got? We've got Braden Curry, who is, as you're going to hear, is one of our top Kiwi athletes, finished third in the World Championships of 2021, which are actually held in 2022. Won lots of Ironman races around the world. And yeah, I'm just going to be interested to hear his opinions because we're going to be talking about Kona. Um, and he was quite vocal when it moved away. That he wasn't pleased and see if um, now things have sort of bedded in a bit, whether he still feels the same way about that now that Nice is going to be the world champs. And then we're backing that up with uh, age grouper David Rowe, who has raced both both Nice and Kona. And so I thought it would be nice to get an age grouper's yeah. perspective on what they think Nice might be like. Okay, so we're going to put, what I'll do is just we'll kind of, we'll go straight into Braden, that'll finish, and then we'll go straight into um, David after that as well. So here we go right now for the two interviews. Righto, team. Uh, as you heard earlier in the show, we're sort of carrying on a bit of a theme with the sort of the World Championships, Nice versus Kona, and we've got Braden carry on. He finished third last year. Well, it was last year, but it was a 2021 World Champs when it was held in St. George, won loads of other races around the world, Ironman Cairns, Ironman New Zealand, amongst others. Uh, former Coast to Coaster, I actually watched the 2012 coverage of the Coast to Coast when I was on the train the other day. It didn't have any volume, but I saw Braden absolutely spanking it through the run, and the rest of the race didn't quite look like it went to, to plan. Um, but an all-round uh, bloody legend of New Zealand triathlon and legendary around the world. So welcome back to the show. Braden. Yeah, cheers John, good to be back. Um, 
Now, you didn't race Wanaka. Um, I know you were supposed to race um, Tasmania 70.3, but for family reasons, couldn't end up getting over there when your son decided to cark it off the mountain bike. Um, was it was it pretty tough to to not do your hometown race in Wanaka? Um, yeah, a few people ask that, uh, but uh, to be honest, no, not yeah. really. I'm <laughs> um, oh, sure, like I love racing here um, and racing in front of a home crowd and things like that. But uh, yeah, I've got plenty of racing coming up this year, and the calendar was looking pretty full. Um, so yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's just nice to um, be able to train have a decent block, um, look after the body, make sure, you know, you don't get injured and just bouncing from race to race. So, um, yeah, I'd made the decision quite early and it wasn't something that I sort of went back and forth on. Um, once I made it, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not racing this year. And, um, yeah, I'll think about next year. And is, was it, was, was it because of New Zealand it was in the back of your mind? Is that, is that much of a focus for you? I know you've got to get your, I don't think you've got a world champ slot, but it was was New Zealand a big focus or are you more sort of focused on later in the year? Um, yeah, New Zealand's a big focus, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I still, well, I will need to qualify um, for world champs. So, uh, yeah, obviously it takes a, a podium, uh, well, a first or a second there. Um, as I don't think maybe Jan Van Berkel is on the start list at um, Ironman New Zealand. I believe he has got a slot, um, yeah. but other than that, everyone else will be um, bowing uh, for one of those places uh, at World Champs. So yeah, it's it's relatively important. Uh, have a good race. Is there um has there been any change in the number of slots? Given that obviously the the men are split, split from the women, in theory you would think there's plenty more space. But is it basically just the status quo, and it's going to stick to the whatever it is for fifty guys and fifty females? Yes, uh, so it'll stick to the same status quo, uh, and I think within the pro field, uh, obviously the the field size and the pros haven't changed. It's uh it's the age group that have stacked up. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, when the big announcement was sort of made that the World Champs wasn't going to be in Kona or was going to be changes, um, and then we didn't know where the World Champs was going to be. I know you were you were fairly vocal in saying this is you know we just need to know what the hell's going on. Um, so what what are your sort of feelings about uh, heading over to Nice versus um, being in Kona? Um. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously been a bit of time past now, and um, I, I think for me, I still, I still feel that Iron Man is uh, the Holy Grail is at Kona. Um, I think it's it's what's made the history of the sport. It's what's created some of the best battles in the world, and it's it's a playing field that we've known for the whole. Um, you know, the whole lifespan, longevity of uh, Ironman racing, or is it 40-odd years or something? So um, for me, it was uh, it was a bit of a shame to, uh, A, move uh, the World Champs location away from there. Um, I still, yeah, and I, I also feel it's a bit of a shame to split the male and females' um, locations. Uh, so, you know, I still feel like if... Uh, we were going to have to move away from Kona because of, uh, you know, a number of reasons, then I would have rather to have seen uh, the whole Ironman World Championships move to a different destination. 
Um, so yeah, still still pretty sore spot. Um, obviously, Nice is a course that will probably work for me. I love climbing. I love being out of the saddle, stretching my back. So um, yeah, I mean, it's probably a great uh, race scenario for me. But uh, as a history, uh, as um, yeah, as the sport goes, uh, I think it's a bit of a disappointment still. Do you do you think your training is going to look very different um, preparing for for Nice versus Kona? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, everything changes. Um, yeah, obviously, don't need to worry. So, I mean, it's still going to be hot in Nice, but you're not going to have that humidity uh, and uh, really, really strong heat uh, radiating love feel kind of heat to deal with. So that's a big factor to take out. Um, and then obviously the climbing, uh, descending, knowing the course is going to be really, really key. Uh, I think we watched 70.3 World Championships uh, a couple of years ago there. And uh, you could soon tell the people who knew that course well um, on the descents, the course just completely, the you know, the field just blew up, um, split up. And um, yeah, it was, it was pretty obvious to the guys who A, can descend and B, who knew the course. So yeah, definitely training will change a lot uh, for that race. And have you sort of done, I know you've done loads of races all around the world in different places, but have you done many sort of hillier races where the field has been fairly stacked and sort of been able to sort of see how the dynamics change? Um, I would say the biggest field I've ever raced uh, on a hilly course would be St. George Ironman World Championships um, earlier, earlier last year. And uh, yeah, I think... I do think it's a bit of a leveller. I think, uh, you know, those guys who can generate really big watts tend to weigh a bit more and don't tend to climb as well. Mm. Um, so it definitely it definitely levels out the cycling uh, in my eyes. And, mm. uh, yeah, I think it also impacts the bigger guys quite a lot more too. Um, just, you know, having to climb, um, it's just a lot more force and a lot more energy um, used to, do those climbs mm. i probably haven't raced um many other races that i can think of that are overly hilly mm. uh just as a bit of a comparison to i guess bike power and things against those guys uh for me um other than a couple of really short races mm. yeah um what i know we're sort of a little bit isolated down here in new zealand but um what what's sort of sort of the feeling that you get amongst the the pros, uh, you know, the pro men that are going to Nice? To, is it you think it's likely that everyone's going to turn up and and are most people excited about it, or is it kind of sort of split down the middle somewhere? I would say um, it's definitely more leaning towards disappointment um, mm. than excitement in yeah. general. Uh, and uh, to be honest, I don't actually know if it's like, it's not even the course or the world champs. It, it's probably just the attitude and the way it's unfolded. Uh, I mm -hmm. think everyone feels like that it's been um, it partially manipulated uh, to go this way um, for a, a whole range that's, that's had probably happened for, you know, three or four years now uh, to trend this direction and the, the decisions kind of had to have gone this way. Um, they've been forced into the situation where it's, the decisions been had had to have been made. Um, this outcome has had to have happened, and that's mostly because of the choices to give away so many slots, to try and push two days, to try and fill 
you know, 12,000 slots at Kona, mm. um, all those kind of reasons that have forced it away from the island. Bloody big business, eh? Well, <laughs> it is. And you, I guess you have to accept that at the end of the day, isn't it? You know, they're a registered company and they're there to make money like uh, any other big company is. And I uh, fully respect that. I think that's that's actually what's made the sport is that they've taken it from a club level to, you know, a global um, sport. Uh, but at the same time, there's an element to Kona that I, I believe should be relatively prestigious and, and challenging and not so much the the best of the best, but the best in every age group in, in the pro field. Yeah, totally. Well, on to more positive things. Um, PTO, you know, is sort of going from strength to strength. Um, the new ranking systems come out. Um, it looks like you might have dipped a couple of places um, with the new systems. So we sort of discussed it on the show. You know, what, what are your sort of thoughts around the revised uh, system? Do you like it? Do you dislike it? Is it um, yeah? Is it the best best they can come up with? Um, yeah, obviously, I've been lucky to have a fair bit of kind of inside loop uh, with this system and and how they've come to the conclusion and where it's at. Um, it's it is a tough one. Um, yeah, I think the old system just had had too much play in it, and uh, it wasn't really kind of. Uh, wasn't really stacking up. I think the direction in which the PTO are going, um, again, it, it needs to be uh, a professional environment and it needs to have competitive racing at it. So it does need to favour more points in its direction probably. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I think it did make my position dip, but actually only I think by two or three places. Mm. Um, and most of that's, yeah, I mean, the, the biggest challenge for me, to be honest, is that I race, I don't race that often. I race more Ironman. Last mm. year, I didn't focus on any PTO races because they were sort of, t- Dallas was two weeks out from Kona and the other one that would just meant a huge amount of travel um, for me to go to it. So I, um, my problem is that I kind of fall out of the 12 month window um, pretty soon. And mm. that's, that's probably the biggest, uh, I'd say, sacrifice that the PTO have made is by bringing in a 12-month window rather, rather than like a 24-month a or 16-month window because when you race Ironman, you know, you might only do three a year, um, mm. throw in a couple of couple of smaller uh, 70.3s or halves um, that you don't score many points at and you have one or two of those Ironmans not go as well as, the others, uh, and next minute you're a long way down the ranks um, for kind of probably where you should be. But I think that's just the way of the sport and the way the PTO is going. And I think what it will do is really show you the people that are on form. Um, mm. The best of the best will be that top 20, that top 30, and um, they'll be the ones that are racing regular, racing the biggest races and performing at the biggest races. And that's probably what we need in the sport. Is it going to change how you approach you know this this year in particular? You know, um, it's it seems to me like you've really got to be if you want to have a really really high ranking, you need to be doing those. Is it the di- diamond? I think at the the diamond level at the top. Is it so? Is it going to change how how you approach things? Um, yes and no. Uh, <laughs> I guess the, I I had already made up my mind on my racing calendar this year um, before 
obviously clarity really fell in the last two weeks around the point system with the PTO uh, Collins Cup and how that would all work and, and where Ironman sat on the point system. Um, so it didn't actually change anything for me. Um, but, yeah, my direction was to try and have a go at a couple of PTO races. Uh, so that was uh, Ibiza and Singapore and mm-hmm. see how I stack up at those two races. Um Obviously, it's still pretty unknown uh, how I go at that distance. Like, if you compare my kind of best 70.3 results, then, um, you know, we're obviously there close to front bunch in the swim. Um, the bike is probably still a little bit off, but if there's a, you know, if there's a reasonable swim group kind of breakaway, then there's a fair chance that I could stay in there. And the run, the run's pretty much there with that kind of top, kind of five um mm. and maybe not a winning run but a, a top mm. five kind of run so yeah i it would be re- it'll be really interesting to race them um and see how i go and uh that was the goal this year anyway um mm. but with this new point system has put more emphasis on those two races mm. so then i guess those two ironman new zealand and um and Ironman World Champs in September. Have you have you got anything else that will hopefully Collins Cup um, when that whenever that's going to happen? Um, anything else that you've sort of got in the mix? Um, uh, well, I just hopefully fingers toes crossed that uh, next Saturday goes well. Uh, Saturday week, yeah. And uh, I don't have to try and throw another Ironman in there, really. Yeah. <laughs> where I'm sitting at the moment, so. Uh, obviously, Ironman Cairns uh, has always been a favourite for me, and I enjoy that course. So, yeah, if something did happen um, at Ironman New Zealand, then, yeah, I'd probably reshape my year a little bit and fall towards Ironman Cairns. Yeah. Um, other than that, uh, there's not actually a lot of time, really. Um, yeah, the, uh, obviously, the plan is to race New Zealand, have a couple of weeks downtime, then start training for Ibiza. But before Ibiza, I'll head to Nice, um, spend two weeks on the course in Nice and then go to Ibiza, uh, race that, then home. Then I've probably only got what a month and a half build to Singapore and then two weeks to Worlds after that. So mm. um, we'll probably need a bit of a break after Worlds in September and then, yeah, Collins Cup. If I've had a good race, a few races, I should have ideally the points and uh, do that. And is um, the Collins Cup, you know, it's been a funny one from a, from a spectator's point of view. For you guys, you know, you get there and it's a good, um, you know, it's a massive payday. But just the structure of us from a, from a spectator's point of view, you know, we know that whenever you guys go out there, you're going to race as hard as you bloody can. But there doesn't seem to be that incentive uh, to necessarily perform other than do it for prestige um that may change this year who knows um but ha- what, what's your experience like for the collins cup been and and how important is it for you other than you know collecting a paycheck yeah i think the i mean i'm not sure what the format's gonna end up like this year but there's definitely a lot of talk of it changing um again probably like you guys i, I would probably like to see the format change a little bit um yeah. i do like uh, yeah i like the kind of more everyone everyone on the start line and then you know the point system adds up over that so it's actually like an i guess a normal racing format but the the point system would fall into that 
um, concept a little bit more um, because the, yeah, I guess the three up racing once, once there's yeah, a, a bit of a break away or something gets split, uh, you don't tend to see it come back to being exciting racing from no. what I've seen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know, John, I, I don't know how I, obviously they, I, I get what they're trying to do with it. You know, they're trying to make it more exciting, like not more exciting, but they're trying to make it more accessible for the everyday person to support instead of having to know an individual, they can support a, uh, I say a nation, an area, uh, continent, uh, then, you know, um, the support itself. So, um yeah we'll see uh do i put emphasis on it i mean it's a great stage it's a good platform uh as an athlete it's a great payday um if you know if you get an invite to go there and race i'm not the person that would turn up injured and uh not sort of try my best i guess my challenge is um i've never actually raced that well in europe uh but i've probably never given it the time it needs i've always turned up off the plane three or four days then try and race um even racing roth you know i've only ever had like a week and a half two week lead in to it uh in europe so yeah i feel like it's definitely hard to travel uh to europe and to race well uh at that level with the i guess the short turnaround and traveling from new zealand so yeah we have to put a bit more emphasis on that this year Excellent. Okay. Um, anything else happening in the world of Braden Curry? Anything you need to be promoting or, or anything um, you want people to follow? Because you're usually pretty active on, on YouTube and stuff, but anything you want to get out there? No, mate. No, it's just <laughs> uh, I think it's good times. I think it's a great uh, time in the sport. I think you see a huge amount of growth in the sport uh, over the next couple of years. And I think, uh, yeah, if you like following the sport, there's going to be some – the PTO's – definitely uh going to see a lot of exposure and a lot of uh i guess development and progress uh on the professional side of the sport in the next couple of years which um yeah i think it's exciting all around awesome look forward to seeing you at ironman new zealand and seeing you kick some ass there and uh can't let the the germans uh steal the party on the kiwis so uh kick some ass up there and get that get that slot for nice yeah awesome cheers john Righty-ho, guys. Um, we've had this guest on once before, maybe maybe even more than once, because he was on Epic Camp in Canada in 2014. It's David Rowe. He's also qualified for Kona and raced there, I think it was 2015 maybe, also done Ironman Nice. Um, and so sort of a, a theme we're going to have in, over the next few weeks is sort of looking at Nice versus Kona and kind of what people feel about it and especially those that have uh that have done both races so david welcome back to the show uh, good morning good evening um hi nice nice to be here yes you spoke to me well we we, we chatted um on, on the show for um epic camp in canada back in 2014 2014 wow. seems like a lifetime ago. when you because you came to my running group one time when was that uh, that was 2012. So uh, uh, yeah, my wife and I we we came over to um, we did Challenge Wanaka when yeah, it was a right. full, full distance, um, and on the way back we popped into um, Christchurch and saw your uh, your running group and came down on a Saturday morning. Mm. Yeah, very good. Right. So give give us a bit of background in terms of your route to to getting to Kona. You know what what sort of a, a pathway did you take? You you're part of the the pirates sort of crew over there in the UK, but but how long did it take you, and what was sort of the the runway to getting to Kona? Um, my first 
triathlon was probably 2007 um i guess probably 2007 2008 um i did uh ironman switzerland in 2009 so that was a, a big pirate trip so we probably had about 40 of us racing um over in switzerland and um, that was on the old course in zurich um and, and from there i, I was actually I'll, I did okay for the first Ironman. I think I was 10 hours 40. And I thought, okay, that's, that's pretty good going. Um, and I just got into it. I got into the sport, um, listened to a decent podcast. Can't remember the name of it. But, uh, <laughs> still around? <laughs> yeah, still, still, go, still going. Um, got into it and and I just sort of I say, trained more and more. I did um, did Challenge Roth the, the following year, 2010. Uh, 2012, I did the Outlaw um the, the one in the uk um that i've probably missed uh, one or two out in between there as well but uh and then in 2013 um i did ironman uk and uh yeah that was in kind of july time late july i believe um i had a, a fantastic day um exceeded all my expectations actually i had no expectations it was basically just a um run myself to the ground and see what happens uh, i yeah, had a had a cracking bike um, uh, yeah, a good swim, cracking bike, uh, an excellent run, and somehow managed to win my age group and go nine hours fifty nine and fifty seconds or something like that. So <laughs> ticked an awful number of boxes, um, and then had to go to the cash machine and take a big wad of cash out to, <laughs> uh, to, to, to give Iron Man some more money the following morning at the, at the prize giving. But uh, yeah, we, we went to Kona in um, October twenty thirteen for a, for a once in a lifetime trip and. Yeah, went back there again two years later for another once in a lifetime trip. <laughs> but what was the, what was the appeal for you? You know, had you was it were you going over there to perform? Were you going over there just to tick the box? And and was it the same as everybody else? You know, I've just got to go and do Kona. It's just so iconic. So what what was it for you that made you go and get that money out of the bank and get over there? Um, I've watched so many videos about Kona, so all of the kind of the NBC specials and things over over the years. Heard the the Kona super specials from you guys, um, just breakfast with Bob, all those those sort of iconic things. And it's like, I just yeah, if I ever have an opportunity to go to Kona, I'll jump at it. Um, and it and it came there, yeah, end of July 2013. Um, didn't have much time to prepare. Well, you know, find a load of money, book some flights, accommodation. Um, and literally, so kind of eight eight weeks later, I'm towing the line, um, towing the line on Digby Beach. Um, so it, the, my trip then was really it was just a yeah to, to tick the box. So that that was the the reward for the the hard work was qualifying, and and my reward was actually to hopefully get around a, a swim, bike, and run, and and, and finish on a lead drive, and, and I was able to do that. So it was purely as a um, yeah do the best I can. Um, but just enjoy the day, soak it all in. It's uh, yeah. The mystique of Kona. Yeah. When you went back two years later, did you try it? Was it more of a performance experience, or was it still just want to go back and have that experience again? <laughs> um, what, what, yeah, two years later, I, I wanted it to be a performance when I qualified. So I qualified in uh, Ironman Wales uh, the year before. So I had kind of a 10, 11 months. Uh, yeah, 11 or 12 months preparation, actually just off the back of Epic Camp Canada, three weeks after Epic Camp, I qualified. Um, so I thought, right, I've got a year to yeah, be, be the best I can be. And 
one reason after another i got injured i think I, I fell off my bike i couldn't run at one point it was just turned into a nightmare so it was more a case of right go to kona and, and just tick the box again um enjoy it and hope it lived up to what it did uh two two years prior so so i haven't been able to go to kona and sort of prepare as i'd like to and do the best race i i believe i've got out of myself um but yeah i i've been delighted by actually yeah both times i've been there really enjoyed it loved it um would love to go back there um just don't know when when that might be talk us through the the experience of the actual race you know um this is same sort of question i usually ask most people that go and race kona what was it all that um you hoped it would be and was the course you know pretty much as expected you know beautiful swim Bit of a slog on the bike and 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 a bit of a grovel on the run, but but what what was it um what was it like compared to what you thought it was going to be like? Um, before we talk about the race, very briefly, I remember when I first arrived in Hawaii, um, got there late in the evening. You you're driving into town, you're driving on the Queen Cane. It's like I've heard of this place. This is the place on the videos. And you then drive down and um, Palani, and you go past the King Cameras. Like, oh my God, this is where the race is. It was just completely surreal. So come race day you're on the same course you you're on the pier you hear the helicopters above and the, the pros are about to go off at half six in the morning or whatever time they set off and um, and it was just the, the the goosebumps the the nerves it's just incredible it's everything you could ever dream of and and from watching the video so it was lovely that I suppose I had a, a build up to it because I knew about the race for for many years before and I'd heard about it um, I kind of it, it feels weird when people just turn up, do an Ironman, qualify, and, and go to Hawaii on their sort of second or third ever Ironman, um, and don't know much about the the history and the the, the legacy of the of the place and racing on on Hawaii. Um, so it, it it felt special. Getting into the water is just incredible. We had a there was a, a full mass start for the for the age groupers. So the, the first year I did it, and then the second time it was a, a a male mass start and a female mass start, I believe. Um, the swim is, as, as everyone says, it's just, yeah, you, you see the fish, you, you, you might see some dolphins, you might see some turtles. Um, it's a big, long swim, single lap, so you've got to, yeah, no, nothing to hang on to on the way around or no, none of this sort of uh, Australian exits to do a multi-lap swim. But the, the swim was fantastic. You, you get out, you run up those steps you see in the videos, um, to get to get back onto the pier you, under the, the hose pipe spraying you with, with fresh water to rinse off then you run about half a mile around the pier that was it's just it, it was incredible the first time I did it well, the second time as well to an extent but the first time was just something something special uh, and yeah you get on the bike and after doing a kind of the, the round town bit um, up onto the Queen K and I'd ridden the Queen K quite a bit um, I got out there, as I said earlier, it was a once-in-a-lifetime trip. So uh, I spent a month in Hawaii. Um, so I'd, I'd ridden the Queen K quite a few times and been up to Harvey once or twice. Um, and it is just a it's a long slog on the bike. You just keep going. You get to Kwai High and then it's right, okay, we're going up the hill, up to Harvey. And it's not it's not horrific. It's just a long old drag. Um, so it's, it's not the most beautiful bike course by, by any stretch of the of the imagination but it's it's special you, you've seen it as, as i think i was heading up towards um 
Harvey Oil and Cry High. Um, you saw the, the helicopters up ahead, so the pro men are coming towards you. They're, they're racing the same race on the same day, and then the women shortly behind. It was just, yeah, you're, you're part of that, that kind of that, that event. Um, so the, it, it was very special. And the, yeah, you get, get onto the bike, you get rare, get to halfway, come back down, and then you hit the inevitable headwind all the way back to the airport and back to Kona. Um, so that's hard work. And the, you have the, the typical Ironman feeling when you get to 90 miles thinking, I, I wish this bike would end at some point. I'll do anything. Make me run a marathon if you have to. <laughs> and, and, and thankfully, they give you that opportunity. If, you're, if your trainers are in, uh, in T2, then <laughs> you get to do all of that when you, when you get in. Um, and, and the run was ju- just as special. It was, uh, yeah, I, I posted a comment actually a couple of weeks ago that you read it out a couple of weeks ago about some of your favourite runs. And it was the, certainly the first half um, up and down Alihi Drive and then getting up to going up Palani up onto the Queen K was, was fantastic. Um, I loved all of that. Um, the Queen K out. maybe not so quite so much. Yeah, not quite so much. <laughs> but it but it, it tests you in a different way. You go past a sort of a sign that says no spectators beyond this point, and it is just you, lots of other people who are all, all having a hard old time, um, and you just you just have to get on with it. And that that's I think that's a it's a nice sort of feature of the race. Unlike I suppose some races where where you've got crowds perhaps all the way around a, a, a multi lap course. The, the Queen case sort of tests you. It just, yeah, it's a, it's a, there's a mental game there, and and the energy lab that's quite actually it wasn't wasn't as bad as I thought. Although yeah, I have, I've walked a little bit in there, but yeah, it's a bit of a drag coming back out of the energy lab and then ten k back to back to town. But it's uh, I, I loved it absolutely. I just uh, an amazing experience in 2013. Two years again, two years after in 2015, I, I did exactly the same. Actually, I, was, yeah, I said I'd fallen off my bike and was injured and all sorts. So I think I was about an hour or so slower. So I got to enjoy it even more. Um, <laughs> get a, a better value for money, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it, both times, absolutely superb. Loved it. And then you finish up, get all your kit, sort that out, and then get down for that finish line party and watch Mike Riley cheer the, cheer the final finishes in coming up to up to the 17-hour cutoff. So, yeah. when it's, so it's Kona, so awesome. It sounds like a pretty similar experience to what a lot of people have over there. Um, sometimes don't necessarily have the race they maybe always wanted, but still love the experience. So when did you do Ironman France or Nice? Yeah, so Nice was in 2014. Um, so actually, that was a few months before I did Wales and then qualified to do Kona in 2015. Mm. So Nice was, uh, I think, July 2014. It was a, a big pirate trip. So we all went over there, a big group of us. Um, and I didn't know. Yeah, I, I'd seen clips about it. I'd heard about the yeah, the Nice triathlon. Uh, certainly, as I was uh, signed up to do Epic Camp in, in a few weeks' time, I'd seen videos of Molina running up and down the Promenade de Anglaise. Um, in, in in the olden days, should I say? Um, so, <laughs> yeah, we, we went to Nice, and I, I just, I, I'd never ridden a bike in France before. That's one thing. So, I, I know you, John, you've ridden all around there and done all the different climbs, which you, you chat about, and you've done epic camps out there, and 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 you're yeah, you're planning to do one as well, aren't you? I think, yeah. In the, in the next couple of years, um, 
it was it was different. Nice was different. It, it, it was just like a normal Ironman. I say so. Co- Kona special. The, the whole town is it, it's it's Ironman. That whole yeah. The the population of, of Kylo Kona is just everyone is involved with Ironman. Um, when we went to Nice, it was just a big city, and Ironman took over the yeah. The, I say the the beach element, the Promenade des Anglais. Um, it, it took over that section, but if you walked into the middle of the city, then you wouldn't even know there was an Ironman taking place. Mm. So it, it certainly had a different feel from that point of view. But this was a normal Ironman. It wasn't, say, like, I don't know how different it was for 2019 um, 70.3 World Champs, and it will be very different, on, I, I would imagine, later this year. Talk us through the course. Um, it was a, a two-lap swim. Uh, a, a big rocky stony beach so big big old pebbles it was a, mm. a bit of a shore dump um it was, yeah the, the sea was i can't i think it, it probably is quite it's, it's certainly deeper than than hawaii so I, I can't remember sea much out there other than uh, yeah a couple of thousand arms and legs so we, we had a mass <laughs> start when i did it um i i know they're now back to um rolling rolling starts yeah so, so that'll be a lot, I suppose, a lot nicer if you like that kind of thing. But when I did it, it was a mass start um, on the on the beach. So you then had to try and yeah, run down these horrible stones down a, a, a steep shelving beach into the water and, and get on with it. Um, there's a wetsuit swim. Um, and yeah, it, the, the, the swim was OK. You just like any Ironman swim, once you settle into it and get over the first couple of minutes, provided you don't have a panic attack, um, there's only two or three boys to go around before you come back to shore, get out, jump back in again and do it all again. So the the, the swim was okay. It was just, I say, just like a normal, uh, say normal Ironman. Um, c- coming out of the swim, I remember, I, I'm sure many things, aspects will have changed, but I remember having to queue to get up some steps to get up from, from the mm-hmm. beach up onto the promenade area. And I'm like, what on earth is going on here? This is ridiculous. <laughs> but we, we, you got to the top of the steps and then you had to run to transition one to your bike and you actually had to run down the finishing chute. Oh. So you ran, you ran under the, the finishing oh, wow. banner, which said Ironman France and everything else. It's like, well, I hope to see you a bit later on this <laughs> afternoon. Um, but now I've got to do a bike and a run. But yeah. it, it was a big transition. Um, yeah, got on the bike. It was, uh, it was very flat. The first sort of 10 to 12 miles are uh, flat. You run, a, you ride along the coast and then you head inland and then you start the, the, the bumpy, bumpiness in the hills. So like, like any, any Ironman, I think I did about an hour and five, hour and six for the swim. It, there's a lot of people at that, that time. Um, and cycling along, it was the usual kind of packs. Some people going far too fast. Uh, just, you've just got to stay out of trouble, head down and, and get on with it. But once you got into the hills, it was special. It was the, the, the course was beautiful it would be had a, we had a lovely day it did i say for me it was a lovely day it did rain towards the or for the for the slower people on the bike um but fortunately i was kind of off the bike before it bucketed down up in the mountains but it, it was very much yeah it, it was like a kind of tour de france in places a few little villages just long climbs fantastic descents it was yeah, I, I, as I said, I've not not ridden a bike in France before, and it it, it felt special. It was nothing like I'd ridden before. Um, 
it was a, a really nice bike course, very enjoyable. We had yeah, good good summer weather. It was late June, I believe. Um, it was yeah, very good. It was yeah, traffic free. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about the bike other than it was kind mm. of what exactly what I imagined it to kind of be in, in a, on a good day. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, awesome. And then onto the run though, I imagine the run was probably just laps up and down the promenade des Anglais. Um, the, the, the run was miserable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you run up and down and you have four, four laps of uh, 10k um, at the far end, you turn around at the airport. So your, your highlight was probably seeing an airplane landing. If you're lucky, um, the, the low light was at, uh, <laughs> the low point of the run is probably yeah, th- three laps into the run. The area around the airport absolutely stinks because everyone's stopping to go to the toilet. Uh, the runners yeah. are. Yeah. So I don't think there are enough portaloos up that end of the course, but everyone sort of thought they'll, they'll do their business at the far end of the course. And yeah, they're, they're pretty unpleasant. But yeah, it, it laps up and down the promenade, and it's a, a really wide promenade. Um, an awful lot of locals, tourists, spectators out on the course. So there was there was a lot of support on the runner, which was mm. which was really nice. So that's very different to Kona, mm. which is yeah, you spend a lot of time on your own actually on the on the bike and on the run. But certainly here on the run, there was there were people up and down that the entire the entire run route. Yeah. Have you qualified, or you if you were looking to qualify now, would you wait for Kona or would you do Nice? Oh, there's the question. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you've done if, Kona as well, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Done it, yeah. Um, I think I, I, I'd love to go to Kona again, um, but that is a, a huge expense. It's if if the say, say money no object, yeah, a, a holiday to Hawaii would be lovely. Never, I never went up on a on a helicopter and flew over Volcano National Park. So I'd love to do that. So some of the other things I'd love to do. Um, but I think France, I think they're going to do a good job of it. And I, yeah, France would be a, a hell of a lot easier for me to get to. It was probably a two hour flight from, from where I am. Um, it's, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see France host, host the world champs um, mm. for, for a full distance. Yeah. Um, so, which one would I choose? Oh, deep deep down, it's Hawaii, mm. I think. And, but, and that's what people say. You say, yeah, I do Ironman, and people say, oh, have you done the Hawaii Ironman? That's that's the one, isn't it? Mm. Um, and maybe that will change in 10 years, but not right now. But it's not a, for you, it's not a clear cut, absolutely 100% Hawaii. It's like Nice would still be pretty, pretty cool. Oh, oh yes, yeah. And yeah. and I I can't wait to watch it later this year just to see how how they how they get on on the course how how it all pans out it'll be exciting a, a real kind of a yeah bit bit more of a lumpier course probably twice as much elevation as Hawaii and spread over a few different hills. How, how did you find they may use a slightly different course on the bike? I'm not quite sure, but you know there there is a lot of elevation. But is did you find that that's a lot of accumulated elevation through? gradual sort of ups and downs or or is it pretty meaty in places um there was one i say meaty it was only a couple of minutes long i think about 50 miles in that gets you off, off sort of sea level and up into the up into the mountains should i say um it, they were just kind of long drags and i say a long drag might be 10 miles long a bit like a sort of a climb to harvey but a bit steeper 
that sort of thing. So th- there were no, I, I can't remember sort of going around a corner and saying, flipping heck, I've got to climb up here, you know, find another gear on the bike type mm. of scenario. Um, so n- nothing horrific. It was just if you've got, if you do lots of climbing and training, um, yeah, go up and down lots of hills. You'd be fine, John, after your Everesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it just, yeah, it, it was okay. And actually, I was I was pretty bike fit at the time. So I remember getting halfway up one of the the big climbs and didn't even realise I was halfway up there. I just saw a sign saying that the summit was in sort of five kilometres. Oh, I've done half of it already. I didn't know that. Okay, I'm doing okay. So... But, You'd say but, it's still a um, still just a TT bike as opposed to being on a road bike. Um, yes, yeah. But, yeah I, I think um, b- before I went out there, I sort of thought, okay, it's, it's bound to be TT bike, bound to be, um, and uh, just yeah, I watched a few videos from from previous years and and just saw yeah, all, all the pros are. I'm not calling myself a pro, but all, all the pros are out on TT bikes with disc wheels, or a lot mm. of them had disc wheels, I think. So. Uh, um, it was yeah that my my choice was made so yeah definitely take the TT bike so that even though yeah as you say even though there's lots of climbing but there's some great descending there's plenty of flat certainly from the the early part of the bike and at the end of the bike you've got to you've got to get out of Nice first so there's always going to be some some flat stuff. Mm. Um, awesome. Yeah. Well, no one thing one thank you I've got to make for you, David, is uh, you've got a running blog, rowrunning.co.uk, and you've got all your race results. But more importantly, you've got uh, all your diaries from Epic Camp in Canada, which I'm loving because I don't have much of that documented any longer. Uh, and it just brings back some great memories. And guys, also, also he's got all the sort of Kona diaries up there as well. So uh, it's cool stuff. Anything else happening in your world, David? Are the, are the pirates still existed or are they yeah, sort of all, the all departed in different oh, parts of the world? No, no, they're, they're still around. Um, they are, oh, oh, I forgot which race they're doing again this year. Um, not Copenhagen. They're, I don't know. They're, do, they're doing one of the races. I'm not going to it, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think a couple might be going to Lanzarote this year. I'm not quite sure. So, um, but yeah, so the, so the Pirates are still still doing their thing, but uh, not as, no, no huge trips like we used to have where there'd be yeah. sort of 50, 60 people. Um, but yeah, there are, there are sort of small pockets of support that are doing it. Um and as for myself, I'm, you know, barely, I say barely swimming. I'm not swimming at all because I don't really enjoy it. So, that, <laughs> that, that one. so, so that's why I'm never going to be one of your wangers of the week. I'm thinking, yeah. so someone got in with, I think, about 30 minutes swim a couple of weeks ago. So I thought maybe yeah. I could get in. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, no time soon. But uh, yes, yeah, so I'm doing lots of cycling, mostly indoors. Um, and I'm trying to up my running at the moment because I'm going to be doing the London Marathon in, uh, I think, 10 weeks time, nine or 10 weeks time. Brilliant! You must have got lucky to get in, or did you, did you qualify for that, or do you go on the, uh, the, the lottery? I, I got in through, I say, a lottery through our running club. So if you're a member of oh, certainly nice. a, a UK affiliated running club, um, based on the number of members in each club, they get given uh, one, two, or three places for the London Marathon, and they pulled my name out of the hat. Brilliant! Oh, great, bloody hard race to get into these days. So awesome! Yeah, Thanks is. so much for your time, David. It's uh, great to have you back on the show, and brings back some good memories for me from back in the days of Epic Camp Canada, which was an awesome camp. We went all the way through the Rockies, um, and I'm very stoked to have a look through your blog and uh, reminisce on some of the pictures. So thanks again. Awesome! Thank you very much, John. Thank you, Bevan. Lovely to speak to you both. Thanks, mate. 
Now, we haven't done the Braden. You did that last week during the night time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting hearing different perspectives. And we had Bray, um, James Kanana on last week. So, yeah. I have to, you know, like it's, it's, it's growing on me. Yeah, I'm getting pumped about Nice. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah. Um, but there is, you do want to go and do Kona as an age grouper. Yeah. Uh, and it, it is cool just to experience that. But then Hopefully again, it doesn't if, become if, a fizzer. If, if, you, if, if Neats like wrote, like if they have massive crowds coming up those oh, hills, yeah. age epic. groupers are going to want to do it. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Because Kona's the history and the aura, mm. but the experience isn't that great. Mm. Oh, that's not true. The, the, the experience nice of place, the week. Nice, nice place to go for a holiday. You get to yeah, see and, and the week leading up to all those moments mm. that are pretty cool. Mm. Um, so it's not that the experience isn't great, but the race mm. isn't that great. No. Whereas if, like road as a race experience is a yeah. hundred times better than Kona. You have a shit race in Kona, you're slogging through. Like my races in the run, it's just like, just get this over and done with. If you're having that experience in road, you can go along oh, and have a, a, have a party out you're there. You really are. You know, <laughs> when we think about race experience, now I haven't been to a lot of races around the world, but to me, road craps on Kona as a race experience. Mm. And if they can make that nice experience, which based on what James was talking about last week, it was really realistic. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, interesting times. It's going to be fascinating to see where this goes. We live in interesting times, John. Are we? We're not doing winger of the week, okay? Do we'll John Swimsett. Okay, this is happened? what we did last week. Uh, we did what did we do? What did we do? We did four hundred warm up. We were going to seventy five free, twenty five back, four fifties build up, and then into the main set eight one hundred steady. Um, so that's sort of gear two and a half out of out of five, fifty easy backstroke, eight hundred continuous, and that was building each 200 and that's where the, like, things like the form goggles really come into their own because uh, I, I was leading that and you know you're backing people up when you're doing it because yeah. the first 200 you've got to do easy and the goggles are telling you to, to stick on pace and then it just gets harder to pick it up and um, so the fantastic so you just, build. you just set a marker on your, on, your, on your goggles well I just go I want to do roughly three minutes of the first 200 then I want to do 255 then I want to do 250 yeah. then I want to do 245 and uh, yeah just just great having having that without having to look at a watch or a clock as you're going through so it was 800 continuous 50 easy backstroke four 200s moderately hard with about 15 seconds rest 200 warm down 3.3 k's Lock it in, Eddie. Okay, Jombo, let's say thank you to our patrons. We've got Glenn, the Red Bean Machine, Osmond. Matthew Mayhem Miller. We've got Gareth Bumblebee Bridge. If you want to become a patron of the show, go to www.imtalk.me. Go to the bit where it become a patron. And you can support the boys in what we do in helping bring a bit of, bit of joy to your triathlon week. Um, if you want some coaching or uh, if you want to get your email to you, down the front page of the I Am Talk website uh, coaching coachjohnnewson.com my website bevanjamesisles.com for my book for my podcast and other things uh, if you want to send us an email I'm talk podcast at gmail.com John boy what's your goss what's my goss I'm going down to Oamaru this weekend this weekend um, is because we're recording yeah yep, 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 I'm, nice. I'm on queue here nice. uh, I'm going to bike most, or we're going to bike two thirds of the way bike 180 k's down to a place called Tamuka get picked up there and carry on. What time do you leave? I'll be leaving probably at 5.30-ish. And what time does the family leave? They'll leave at about 10. Tommy's going with you? Yep, so we're going down there. There's a secondary school sort of South Island champs. Oh, so he's not riding? No, he's not riding. Uh, And then I'll do a race on the Sunday. That'll be interesting after a 180k bike ride with a bit of effort in there. Uh, So doing that, also looking forward to seeing how everybody goes at Ironman New Zealand this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. um, Which will be good good times. And South Africa. 
Sorry? What are the numbers? Uh, well, the numbers in December were piss poor. Um, in the full, they only had like maybe 500. I suspect it might be something similar again. Really? Yeah, just, there's, there's so many races on these days. And yeah, Jeez, but we'll, we'll 500? See. Oh, it might be more than that. They still have the half now, That's don't they? Guess. They've got the half. So it'll still be a great event. Um, but I, I like doing it. I'd like to do an event where there's 500 to 1,000 um, rather than 1,000 to 3,000. 3, so looking forward to seeing what they do. They'll be sort of trying to fine-tune things, getting ready for the 70.3 Worlds, which uh, next year. Mm, that's going to be my week, Bevan. Well, getting ready for the Sea to Sky Challenge as well. Get your entries in. When's that? That is on the 12th, <laughs> next weekend. We, we're recording this week before, guys, if you haven't figured that out. Um, okay. Well, my goal is my, my, I'm currently in Tikapo. Actually, Tikipo. I'm currently in Mount Cook. Mount Cook. Yeah. Not going out to Mullahart. No. <laughs> <laughs> Private joke. I don't think we mentioned that, so we don't need to go for it again. No, you, you can because it still breaks my heart, John. I'm so, I, just, I need to let it go. <laughs> but um, yeah, so my, my daughter, I would have talked about this last week, but my daughter's home, so we went away to Tikapo for a couple of days, going to Mount Cook for a couple of days as well. And then I'm um, looking forward to it, to be honest. I haven't seen my daughter since, what was it, August last year? Mm-hmm. And that's the only downfall when your kid lives overseas in, in COVID times, you don't get to see as much of them. So it'd be really cool to be hanging out with my kid. Uh, and other than that, John, that's pretty much it. Great. Let's wrap this one up. Okay. I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kick hard.